This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Jan Vertonghen with a thumping volley. And he wakes right at the last. Lamella! Steering by Alderweireld. And he saved it. Hugo Lloris. Vertonghen captain delivers when his team really needed it. Eriksen just been brilliant. That is absolutely stunning from Christian Eriksen. and welcome back to yet another edition of The Last Word on Spurs. Firstly, thank you for tuning in. I'm sure this week's show is going to probably be difficult to what it is normally due to the nature of that result against Newcastle United and we'll be getting into that and discussing just where it did go wrong at the weekend and touching upon what is going on or trying to understand what is going on behind the scenes at Spurs with players' futures, discussing Maurizio Pochettino his demeanour and press conferences and just the overall results at the moment, helping me to look back at the weekend's game. Delighted to have alongside me, Jason McGovern. Joining myself and Jason, we're pleased to welcome back two returning guests to The Last Word on Spurs. In firstly, actor, presenter, host and writer, Ricky J. Norwood. And also joining us, delighted to welcome back to the show, Mel Sevelos. Guys, I hope the show provides you with that little bit of therapy we all need. Back to review, Jace. Uh, you know, I still can't get over this. This defeat against Newcastle. How are you, firstly? I'm, I'm ecstatic, mate. It was a fantastic day yesterday. People in white shirts showing passion galore, crushing them Aussies, watching Ben Stokes smashing sixes all over the place. <laughs> it was a, was a brilliant Sunday afternoon and then watched Rory McIlroy win the golf afterwards and had a fantastic day, mate. It's just <laughs> the, the little bit in the middle that I wasn't too happy about, but, but uh, it was still a good Sunday. 
So you've pretty much tried everything, Jase, to avoid watching Spurs play or indeed had to watch him or suffer watching that? No, let's, let's be honest, it was was a really poor one, wasn't it? 700, what was it, 762 passes, 80% possession, and we have two shots on target in, in 90 minutes against a team that, that had lost both their opening games. So, you know, you, you can't dress that up in any other way than to say it was, a, it was an absolute shocker. Mm, I mean, simply, you would obviously argue here, not good enough from Tottenham Hotspur. You know, our best defender at the club in Yarmouth, Tottenham, still not able to get a game. Our most creative player in a Spurs shirt, Christian Eriksen, starting the game on the bench. Absolutely no ideas when it comes to breaking teams down, who part the bus. So, so poor from front to back. Delighted to have back on the show Ricky J. Norwood. Ricks, you know, we normally have you on after a win and we're bouncing. What happened against Newcastle? Ooh, I wish I wish we all knew, uh, Ricks. Uh, firstly, thank you for having me back on. Um, again, it's a, it's a shame we're talking about a defeat today. Um, but, I, I, you know, uh, there's definitely something going on behind the scenes, I think. Um, there's a couple of problems. I mean, there's a couple of things I could, I could think of. You know, a kind of a slow preseason. The majority of our preseason, it was the youngsters, under-21s, that were taking part in first-team action while we had most of our guys coming back or... You know, um, you, you know, trying trying to get out to fitness. Um, the signings as well, like the signings have come in late. Um, so uh, apart from Endombele, um, so he's the only one that's kind of got to got used to how how we we, we started to train. Um, the last time I was on, I told you that we're going to have to give this the, these guys, um, especially the new ones, um, a, a bit of bedding in time. Because because of the double sessions, because of the work that's being asked of them to do, so it's still been bitty. Um, I think when when seeing the highlights, because I didn't actually get to see it yesterday. I was travelling yesterday, so I was listening to it on the radio. Um, but when I did actually get to see it, it kind of looked like we was nearly a bit arrogant. Do you know what I mean? Nearly like I don't know. That, that's why we was a bit slow because we felt that we we were going to walk away with the three points. Um, regardless, I don't think I, I don't know the, the the intensity and the energy and the snap wasn't there. Um, and even though we was getting uh, like pummeled last week by Man City, there was still that energy and spirit and that will to win. Um, you know, in us, it was the first time for a long time that I've seen us look like that, like play like that. That you know, we didn't shut down the ball quick enough. We 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 didn't you know. I mean, Lamella didn't even get a yellow card. I mean, come on. Like, if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what does. So there's a couple of things that I think were, were missing from us uh, yesterday. It's, st- it's still a bit of a mystery. But um, I, I definitely think this whole Ericsson thing is having an, having an effect. Not just Ericsson, but those that want to leave um, is, is having an effect within the squad. Reading in between the lines of what Poch said in his press conference. You know, he, he, he can't build that kind of siege mentality, us versus the world kind of mentality um, with, with guys that are kind of half in, half out. That's not the mentality that he requires. The, 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 the baseline requirement is 100% commitment to not only football, but the club, the badge and, and what Poch and the team are saying. So where he can't close the door and create that mentality and create that siege, right now, um, I think we're seeing the effects of that. I agree, Ricks. And, you know, Jeff Knight here says, what a shambles. Our defence is atrocious. Sanchez and Rose again leaving Lloris out to dry. And tactically, crap, once again, 
as teams try and park the bus against us. We have amazingly creative attackers and they were turned into pedantic side-passing bystanders. It's very hard to disagree with, Jeff. Now, delighted to have back on the show. It's been a while. We've got Mel Sebelos here. Mel, I know it's been a while. Please have you back on. I've got to ask you, Mel, you know, it was such a poor performance all round, offensively and defensively. Kane should have had a penalty, you know, it could have all been different, but I don't think they are. We deserved it on the day just because of how poor he was. But after that draw against Man City, maybe that was luck evening itself out. But that was probably, Mel, as bad as any part of the second half of last season we saw. Some booze at the end. What did you make of the overall performance, Mel? Rather than the Newcastle game in particular, because if we're being honest, it's not just this game that, you know, we've played poorly. This is stretching, as I'm sure a lot of people have said as well. This is bad performances stretching over from the end of last season. But the difference is the end of last season, even if we had, you know, maybe a poor 70, 80 minutes, we managed to grab a last minute winner from maybe Son. We can't even do that now. It's like all I was seeing, side passing, back passing, and all the goals we're conceding, it's not even like they're wonder goals. All of them are avoidable. Mm. And there's just no communication. Like with the um, goal that Newcastle scored, there was no communication in the back line. You could see Rose spotted the danger. We had that, um, Sanchez about seven yards clear of his man. And I don't know what's going on. As Ricky said, it's something behind the scenes. Um, I can't speak on what's going on behind the scenes because none of us know, but I can speak on what we can see. And I don't understand how you can, as you said, bench Ericsson, bench Vertonghen, knowing how key they are to our team. It looks like we've got depth, but the gap between of quality between our key players... And the bench players is astounding and it shows when they're not on the pitch. It's very worrying that we don't have any other creative outlets other than Ericsson. Jace, I've got to ask you, you know, we've seen reports that, you know, club insiders that always not well behind the scenes at Tottenham. I don't think that's really a mystery. I think it's it's very clear that you can see that what is happening off the pitch seems to be transcending on it. And, you know, thoughts on that, Jace? You know, Maurizio has, has come out and we're going to play his interview in a second where he does say that it's an unsettled squad. Just how much do you think is going on off the pitch that we don't know about and is affecting what is going on on it? Definitely the performances you feel are being affected at the moment. But, I mean, let's, let's switch it kind of away from Tottenham. If, if it's their own workplace or anything like that, look at it as their workplace. If you've got, if you're in a staff room and you're looking at your, your fellow salespeople and they're saying, well, do you know what? I don't really want to be here. I'd, I'd sooner go and work for Coca-Cola. This is a a pain in the ass working here. I'm fed up with a warehouse and I'm fed up with this. And so, you know, you've got, you've got, we've obviously seen the end of Jensen and Kudus and who else has gone? One or two of the others have gone, but you've got key players there. You know, we, we constantly hear about Wanyama. We hear about Danny Rose. We hear about Serge Aurier. We hear about Ericsson. We hear about Toby. So, you know, if you've got five or six normal staff members at any of your place of work that don't really want to be there, you know, that, that kind of shows in, in any company, doesn't it? And it will certainly show in football where you need people fully committed. And, you know, people, I mean, the strange thing for me with the, the Christian Eriksen cases, I see people saying Pot should be, you know, put his pride aside and, and pick a Christian Eriksen. We don't know, for instance, if Christian Eriksen's not the one that's gone to Potch and said, look, I really don't 
I'm really not keen to play at the moment until the wind has gone. I don't want to pick up an injury. I'd sooner be left out. My head's not even... Because Luka Modric... Remember when Luka Modric was the last one that said that? Pulled out of a couple of games said, my head's not in the right place. And we, we know players have done it. So, you know, perhaps that's why, you know, Christian Eriksen isn't being picked. Perhaps it's not down to Potch. Perhaps it's, it's down to him. Perhaps it's come from above. Daniel Levy saying, look, we need to sell this bloke and I'd sooner get the 50 million for him than, than having him injured. So... You know, it may may not be posh, or or subsequently it could easily be posh saying you're not committed. I don't want you. But all I, all I would say on the Ericsson case is everyone that's screaming for Christian Ericsson to play, saying why why can't we pick our most uh, creative player? You know, turn the clock back to the end of last year, and the people that are screaming that now were the ones that were screaming that we should be dropping Ericsson because his head's not in it and he's not in the right place. So you know, be consistent in in what you're saying. If if you wanted Ericsson kicked out of the team last year because he wasn't performing and his head had been turned, then understand that he's not being picked now for the same reasons. So you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But like I say, when there's so many people that we're we're trying to seemingly get rid of, I mean, Danny Rose apparently went to Watford, you've got Wayne Yama talking to Bruges. You know, if they're all talking amongst themselves, I'm, and I'm sure, but you know, even somebody say like an Eric Dyer, I mean, every time you see him, he looks as miserable as sin, doesn't he, on the bed? He's thinking... You know, I can't even get in this side now. So, you know, I'm sure his his spirits aren't high. And perhaps some of them have just heard the Pochettino speech for six or seven years. And, you know, like all of us, we, we get a bit bored of our boss after six or seven years thinking, oh, I've heard this, heard all this before. And it, it does kind of suck the life out of you sometimes. So I'm sure there's things going on. And as, as he said, it, it's not been the rebuild he probably wanted. And he said all along, didn't he? It would be painful. And uh, what we're perhaps seeing is the results of that. Rick, I want to ask you, like Jason says there, with regards to Ericsson and his future as it is up in the air, if Ericsson is unhappy and he wants to leave, then I can't imagine Maurizio will be putting him on the bench because you have to feel that if you're in the right frame of mind to play, you're also in the right frame of mind to be introduced at any minute. And the fact that he's on that bench tells me that you know he's still in the right frame of mind to play for the club. And whilst he may be... Pochettino thinking about what could be happening in the future long term and a bid may be coming in for Ericsson, which he may eventually accept. I still think Rick Swartz is at the club. You have to still play him. He's the most creative player. You know, he's a guy that can turn a game in an instance like we saw against Aston Villa. And I just want to ask you, Rick, question here from Senk at Forza Years. He says, is this the reality of the current Spurs? Did the Champions League paper over the cracks? Because we are absolutely all over the place. Shocking. Do you agree on that, Rick? Yeah, I don't entirely agree, to tell you the truth, Ricks. Um, I think we've had to deal with loads of different circumstances at Tottenham. Um, you know, uh, Wembley, our new home. Um, you got to think, I think Trips came out and said that, I think it was around January, February, that, um, like, I think Atletico Madrid were interested in him and his head started to turn. That might be the reason why his performances dropped off for us as well last year. I don't know that, but... You know, we've had to deal with that circumstance. Also, our squad was stretched beyond thin uh, last year. We kept rushing Harry back, trying to get him in the side, trying to, you know, hopefully get that magic out of him, get those goals out of him. That We, we, we know are in there, but also on the back of the injury, <clears throat> you know, we didn't know what type of Harry we was getting. So there was a lot of circumstances. Also, we with the Champions League final, yes, it did kind of paper over the cracks because... Us as fans were kind of like, you know, even the games that we should have won, I think the last four games were really all over the place last year. Um, but we was kind of like, all right, 
we, we know the situation, but we've got the final. We've got the final. We've got the final. You know, um, even that last game against Everton. Now we all know we should have really and truly. We should have. We 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 should have won that just to you know. I think guaranteed third, but again, there was a lot of cracks in our side. So we went to the Champions League final. Biggest thing that Tottenham's done, you know, ever. Massive day. Obviously, a, a disappointing result. Once they've all come back, you know, we know how it ended with with Poch. Yeah. So even last year, he was like, if we win this then I might have to leave because it's just the biggest thing under the circumstances. Um, and that's what he says. He can't say as much as he wants to say because he knows that the press are waiting for any sentence to grab a headline, to twist it and pull it and push it wherever they want to do um, and wherever it, what they want it to go. So he has to be super careful of, of what he says and how he says. So when he says something like circumstances, he's talking about all these little things that he's not allowed to talk about. He's trying to keep it in-house. He's trying, to, he's trying to protect us and he's trying to go, OK, and trying to work towards the professionality of the players and kind of go, all right, and cool. Look, you may want to go here, you may want to go there, but today we've got a game. Today we've got a final, you know, let's get our heads in the game. Now, he's gone into the preseason with this, you know. We, we knew that Poch wasn't happy and we haven't seen Poch really not happy for a while. We've seen him unhappy with the press, but we haven't seen him unhappy at the club stroke with the circumstances surrounding the club until like pre-season this year. And it shook everybody up because everybody knows how valuable Poch is and the, and his system and his staff and the way that, uh, uh, the way that we play now and the, and the way that we are as a club has been built and pushed by him, you know? So we know how important it is. So that's where the back Poch came through, you know, Ricks, you put that out there. Um, and and we are all backing him, but there are more circumstances to deal with now. He, like uh, Jay said, we, we, we're dealing with the painful, pa- the painful outgoings, the, the painful rebuild. All of the new signings that we've brought in, they are never, they're not going to be ready properly, up to speed properly. Like I say, for the season, really, you know, maybe six months, uh, like half of the season, like after Christmas, but but more than likely a year to get used to what Poch wants you to do. We, 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 these circumstances with the with Ericsson, like you said there, he might not be wanting to play, you know, like you said, uh, uh, Levy might not be wanting him to play to try and keep him. If We know that if we get a, ca- a cash bid of 50 to 60 million, that he's going. Poch knows it. He can't say it. He said it in his press conference. You guys know more than me. Like, yeah. The pressers know, you know more than me. So, like, you, you know, we all know that if Daniel gets gets that that bid, instead of letting him go on a free, we're, we're going to accept that bid, and that's where Lamella's come in. Do you know what I mean? That's why Lamella's starting because we're trying to plan, or well, Poch is trying to plan for not just the game right now, not today's game, but what happens when Ericsson goes. What are we going to do then? So that's why he's trying to bleed in Ericsson in the number ten role. I think. I, you know that, I, mean? Ricks. I totally get what you're saying, but to bring you in, Mel, just on Rick's point there, is that whilst Ericsson is still here, and as I mentioned, because he's on the bench, and you know he's the most creative player at the club, then surely you have to start him, Mel. I mean, tell us your thoughts on that, and also, Mel, just a couple of questions. You've had over 80 questions in this guy, so we're going to try and get through as many as we can. <laughs> Unbelievable amount of questions, so we'll try and get through as many as we can. As I said, Zach says, at what point does Poch need to look in the mirror with some of his decisions? Jan stroke Ericsson seems he wants to be brutal with some decisions, but perhaps he needs some brutal self reflection. His stubbornness is hurting the team. Jenad Ilias agrees with what I was saying. What good is it 
bringing Ericsson on around the 60-minute mark, surely if he's unsettled, you don't put him in the squad. Mel, do you agree on that? I'll be honest, I'm very biased towards Ericsson. Um, I, I know you're a super Ericsson fan, aren't you, Mel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Ericsson should be starting every game, but as Rick said, you know, he we, we have to get used to a team without him if he's getting his head turned. So I understand in that sense, but to me... I'll be honest, I don't think we're a top four team without Ericsson, especially without a replacement right now. Um, so to me, we need to see what Lacelso can bring in, in a, on a creative front. Until then, I, I, I can't agree with dropping Ericsson, I'll be honest. So you'd so, still be playing him, Mel? Even if he did want away and his head's not in the right frame of mind to play, you would still be putting him out there, Mel, for you? To be honest, no. But I'll be honest, I don't think it's a thing where Ericsson's head's not in the game. Um and I thought this for a while. I've always thought Ericsson's always been very, um, what's the word? You know, just very casual. Um, That's true. Yeah, he's, I, he's I playing stuff, isn't it? That's very true. Yeah. And I don't see any change of him on the pitch. I just think because people know his head's been turned now, that it's been highlighted that he looks like he's not interested. Me personally, I think his form just dropped because he's just been running to the ground. You know, he's played the most minutes out of all the players on our team from last season. I just think he's knackered, personally. What have I said about Lamella? I mean, I would have sold Lamella in the summer, didn't I? I've said that a number of times. But the only thing I would say about Lamella is, you know, when you look at it from a man management point of view, you've got a player in the squad that doesn't really want to be there. And you've got a player in the squad that does want to be there that can play in that role, albeit not as good. Now, is it is it good man management for the player that you know you're going to have to rely on for the next 12 months to say, I tell you what, Eric, you're, you're, you're a pretty good player, but this bloke who's not really showing any commitment, I'm still going to pick him over you. So, you know, what, what kind of confidence or belief does that give Eric Lamella? But what if I tell you about Lamella, Jace? He's, he's given away, if we're just on Lamella, Jace, oh, what about if Rick, I tell Rick, you he's given Rick, away Rick, possession 49 Rick, times Rick, in the league this season? Only Rose Rick, has given away more. Rick, I'm not justifying that because I said to you, I would have sold Lamella in the summer. Of course, I, yeah. I would have completely sold Eric. I'm not a, a massive Eric Lamella fan. I've always said there's talent in there, but you don't see it enough. But what I'm I'm trying to see it from the view of the manager that you've got a committed player in a position and the same, you've got an uncommitted player. And that if you're going to have to rely on somebody for 12 months, it's the man management side will come in and think, do you know what? I need to get a tune out of the bloke that's going to be here. And, and bust his guts for 12 months rather than, than saying to him, you're still not good enough to get in my time. So, you know, there's, there's all different ways to look at it. And that are we are we leaving out the Christian Eriksen of 2018? Or actually, at the moment, are we leaving out the Christian Eriksen from January 2019? Which, as Mel said, you know, maybe it's just he was overworked. Maybe his head was turned. Maybe part of his form drop-off was because Kane was out the side and Deli Alley was deep, so he didn't have the people running. You know, there's, there's a lot of reasons, I think, for his, for his form to be missing. But at the moment, with the people that are saying we should be pricking Christian Eriksen are thinking of the Christian Eriksen from six, seven months ago, not the Christian Eriksen that they themselves were screaming at to be dropped at the end of last season. You know, you, you've got to be consistent in it. That's what I'm saying. Mel, answer this question for me. John Hardy says, is Poch being overly stubborn by leaving Jan and Eriksen on the bench when it's clearly harming the team? Give us an answer on that, Mel. On the surface of it, you could say, yeah, but... As I said, it's no mystery. There's stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah, We don't know why they're getting dropped. You know, there's been rumours of like Matonga being overweight, his fitness levels not being up to scratch. So I think it'll be unfair of me to say he's being stubborn, to be honest. OK, absolutely fine. Listen, we had a load of questions in on the manager. Let's hear from the manager as he discusses the squad being unsettled, Christian Eriksen's future. And we'll be back with you after we've heard Maurizio's thoughts 
on the game. How do you, you analyse that game and a lot of possession you just couldn't get? Well, I think it's easy. Uh, we didn't play well. Very disappointed about uh, our performance and, of course, our result on then. Um, uh, again, we concede a very cheaper, cheap goal um, on the first half um, and then it was difficult. I think we all show um, that they were very well organised. Um, with um, the defensive line and, and of course they were very compact and for us uh, we didn't uh, work up able to, to block down the, the organization we create some chances not too much not enough to be honest not, to, no, not enough that is why very disappointed with, uh, with the performance and with the rest but we cannot justify uh, our performance we should be play better more desire, more um, capacity um, to, in this type of game, uh, more aggressive with the ball because 80% of possession is, is too much for only few shoot on target. Sorry? I know you necessarily want to talk about leaving Christian out. Was that, was that to do with the stuff off the field or? I cannot pick uh, more than 11 decisions like, uh, like that uh, when you have plenty of players. But I understand, eh? you are going to ask me. It should be the result 3-0, for sure you, you are not going to ask me that, that question. But of course, I accept. The players that always are out are good when you don't win. Well, Father, you were saying that you were a bit unsettled by it. Maybe he was a little bit unsettled. I just wonder about that. But why you try to, for me to to tell you something that you know better than me, if you have more information than me. You, this you implied on Friday that maybe you were unsettled by the whole thing and he was a bit... But you know very well that, uh, and I told you before, during the, the pre-season, before my press conference at Villa, after at Villa, positive result, negative result, um, the group is still unsettled and, and we need to find solutions. You know, we have one week more to wait and see what happened in, in the last 10 days. Of course, that is, um, I think, eh? uh, that is my sixth season that we start. That is a more unsettled group that we are working. And that is why, um, you know, uh, we are relaxed. We are calm because we cannot, some situation we cannot uh, fix because we nothing to say about that. The situation that is going on in the, in the squad, that is uh, still we need to wait. But that is the circumstance after to, to play the final of the Champions League, the first of June. We, we knew that there's going to happen some situation like this, and, but for the club and for us it's difficult to, to handle. Only we can, we can wait, what we can do. But I, I tell again, you know, or you have for sure more information than me that what happened on the market. And that is why I cannot say more than to try to help the, the team, to find the best dynamic to, to train, that not to create too much problem, um, but um, be a person that very um, empathic, emphatic, that understand every single situation, you know, and and to and to try to get a good result. Okay, we'll take two more, Sam and then Ali. Richard, do you think he, do you think that Christian might have played his last game for the club? I don't know. I don't know. Why you ask me? Maybe you, you know something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's so difficult. It's so difficult the situation. Um, but we cannot blame 
uh, one part of another part of one side. That is the circumstance that we arrived today with different uh, players, different situation on the on the squad. But that is not a justif. Uh, I don't want to justify our performance because of that. Eh? That is, is uh, I want to make clear the point. I think uh, when you play football, uh, when you are on the pitch, you don't think about this situation. Of course, the problem is during the week. It's not when I write the competition. That maybe can affect, but um, I think we should be today, with a little bit more, uh, should be win because, uh, you know, we were much better. But, you know, this type of situation happened in Premier League and, and staff uh, the league. That is why not only you need quality player, if not, you need uh, to create a very good dynamic and strong team bonding. And at the moment, that situation uh, in our group is still... Uh, far, far away that we, we expect. Jace, we've just heard uh, Maurizio Pochettino's press conference or part of it where he discusses Christian Eriksen's future, the players being unsettled. Jace, I'm not sure if you're getting the same vibe as what I am and you know what many seem to be out there is that he seems to be getting, Jace, more agitated and grumpy over this last couple of months. I mean, we have to remember, Jace, the club did go out and bring in his key top transfer targets. He wanted Undumbele, they got Undumbele. He wanted Le Chelsea, they got Le Chelsea. Session was always a long-term target. They nailed him as well. I will sit here and say that the players weren't brought in early enough. That's absolutely very clear. You know, you have to do these deals early enough so he can work with the squad. He gets used to the players. They get used to working with him. But, Jace, is it concerning you, his, I wouldn't say attitude, but the way he's coming across his demeanour in press conferences at the moment? Yeah, without a doubt. But I, I can perhaps understand some of that grumpiness if he's if he's working with people that he doesn't want to be working with and that he clearly hasn't been wanting to work with for the last couple of summers. So, I mean, like I say, again, if you if you change it to any other business, if, if you're sitting next to a bloke on the desk opposite you, you can't stand a sight of and you think, do you know what, you're not good enough at your job anymore, but he's still coming in every day of the week to work, you'd get pissed off with him, wouldn't you? You'd be fed up and think, when are, we, when are you going to go, mate? So, you know, it's it's a little bit, I think I can understand the grumpiness of his nature. I mean, you know, Victor Wanyama is, I mean, he made the comments, didn't he, about Victor Wanyama. We know that Victor Wanyama was a Pochettino favourite because he took yeah. him to Southampton and then he took him to Tottenham and he, he loved him, described him as the beast. And as uh, I think, as he said in the other day, we're not a charity case. He's, for, for whatever the reasons are, he's gone backwards. So there's a player that he clearly doesn't want to be around Tottenham Hotspur. And yet the player is still at Tottenham Hotspur. So, you know, and, and you, I think you can multiply that. I, I swear it's the same with Danny Rose, whatever people think. It's the same with Danny Rose. It's the same with one or two of the others. And so I can understand why he's thinking this squad is not settled because I do not have in place. And there are people in here that don't want to be here. And that, that kind of spreads to the dressing room that, oh, why, why, why should I bust a gut in training? He doesn't want me here. I don't really want to be here. I'd sooner be somewhere else. But So I'll just go through the motions in training. And, and Pochettino's commitment is such that he can probably see that in people and thinks, you know, if I stand there and give the bloke a bollock in, he's just going to say, oh, so what? You don't want me here? What, what, what's it matter? 
So, you know, I can understand why there's grumpiness and I can understand why it's unsettled. Mm. Jace, I'm going to stick you for a second. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Rick's in in just a minute. Jace, there's going to be a lot of people asking me out there to be asking you this question. You've always been the advocate of backing the manager. And I think we make it very clear that we adore Pochettino. We love him on this show. I think we all still feel at the moment he's the right man for the job. Absolutely no doubt about it. But if I read you, Jace, some of these stats out there, they're not a pretty sight. You know, he hasn't won an away game since January. He's also won just four matches in his last 15 his record in 2019, Jace, is 14 defeats in 32 games and three wins in his last 12. Now, look, for one minute here, it's three games in. It's not knee-jerk. But those stats alone, Jace, just tell you the domestic form has simply not been good enough over, what, the last three to six months. For a man that does say back the manager, what are your thoughts on those stats? I don't, the form is nowhere near good enough. Although I do think part of last season... I mean, people will say it's an excuse, but but for me, part of last season, and some of those games towards the end of the season, we were clearly starting to leave players out, and we're playing we're playing Champions League game. We've got Ajax on the thing, so we have West Ham the day before, didn't we? Didn't we have Bournemouth where we ended up with nine men after the first leg and before the second leg when those players came back for Everton? They must have been completely out on their feet mentally, physically. And emotionally and everything. I mean, Pochettino himself had been sitting on the pitch crying his eyes out in tears like a blubbering mess. So, you know, I'm sure the Everton game was probably a game too far for them. They just thought, oh, just hurry up, get this game over with. So I think some of that was was partly down to the Champions League. But you can't deny the fact that that the little run, I think, after Burnley, where we, we had Burnley, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, we certainly should have we certainly shouldn't have had four losses and one draw from from those games. And but perhaps you know one or two of the players and perhaps things have been the, the eye had been taken off. I think we were we were looking like we were in the title race and we were ten points clear of fourth. And maybe they just thought, well, we just go through the motions today. And we've got Dortmund on Wednesday and we got the second leg with Dortmund and then oh, we got Manchester City coming up. So you know it's an excuse, but I, I think there is there is something in it. But the players. You know, like like anyone says, once you get into a losing rut, it's very hard to come out of it. And I think there is a knock-on effect now that we, we seriously have to address. Mm, I agree. Rick, I'm going to bring you in here. This is a question from Tottenham Boxing at Tottenham Boxing. who says, I'm not calling for Pochettino out or anything like that. But question to the panel, when do we actually have to start asking questions of him as the same patterns are forming again in brackets Poor cup semi-final or final performance, lack of tactics to breaking down stubborn defences. And of course, I've read you out those stats, Ricks. What do you make of that comment? Uh, do you know what? I think trust in Poch, first and foremost. Um, I think trusting him, he knows what's going on. He knows where we're going wrong. And I think he will address it. He looks at himself year in, year out. Um, you know, and he puts the records and the doubters you know, to, to sleep and shuts them up real, real quick. So, it, it's yes, it's a tough period of time at, at, at this point right now. But for all, this, all, all the reasons that Jason was just talking about, and, and that we've just been talking about for the last I don't know how long, like these are the circumstances that he's dealing with. So, yes, he has been prickly. Yes, we have seen him grumpy. We have seen that because obviously he can't express really how he wants to feel. Um, he's trying to be kind of press kind of savvy in the sense that he's not he, he doesn't want to give away a headline or give away a talking point and stuff like that but at the same time he, you know he's trying to deal with the squad that he's got so it, you know with Ben Davies out or on the way to recovery uh, we know that Danny Rose might want to go could go 
but and we've just um, signed uh, Davies on a new five-year deal, which said to me that all right, cool. I think Poch is going to give him his chance and give him a go at left back as the as the number one left back. But then he's got this this operation and he's got recovery and he's only just getting back in. You know, he was on the bench for the weekend. I think it was. Um, yeah, he came off, didn't he? So, um, so you know what? But we're putting it, we're forced into a situation where now Danny Rose is the only left back available. So now, like exactly what Jace was saying. So if his head is one way, you know, turning turn in one way, and when he looks at Poch and he's hearing that kind of same old, uh, I don't know, I, I say same old, but we don't know what Poch is. So from, from what I hear, Poch is a very inspirational and motivational speaker. He's, you know, he's fantastic with the boys. And, you know, from, from, what I, from what I've heard and from what I know in the past, that him and Danny Rose have had a fantastic relationship. But Danny Rose has also looked very grumpy uh, uh, on the field the last two seasons. So maybe the move for him was the best thing for, for all parties, you know. But obviously, it hasn't happened again. And now we're in a point where we're stuck with a left-back that might not want to be there. Do you know what I mean? Even though after the first game, oh, well, after after the first game against Villa, once we conceded the goal, I, I thought he was... I thought he was a man on the mission. Do you know what I mean? I thought he was running up and down that left wing like a man on a mission. He, he lost the ball a couple of times, but he was. He just looked like he, he was like, "No, we're going to get this winner. No, we're going to get this winner." So, so we do have that energy still in us. We saw it at Villa in the reaction to the to, to the goal scored. Um, but there are players that are like like Jace was saying there that some are not wanting to go. And if you get one person that has a shift in energy like that, like that doesn't want to be there or looks at the manager like he's chatting rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, shut up, bruv. Like, you get one person <laughs> yeah, doing true. that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That type of energy, you know, it transcends. It goes through through the through the squad. And we've got some new players turning up and, and maybe they don't know who to hang with right now because this one might be out of the door. Oh, is he a friend? Is he a foe? What's happening right now? So well, I'd love Poch to answer that. It. I'd love to know the answer. Is... What's happening? God, yeah. we all want to know. Mel, t- round us up on this Pochettino subject because you know we've done a half hour of the show. We haven't spoken about the game yet. We've got to talk about the game that's coming up. But you know, the Newcastle game. I have to try and review it. Tell us, Mel, thoughts on Pochettino, his demeanour. Does it concern you? He's trying to protect the club in in one way, Mel. Do you think? Let me let me ask you that question. Do you think he's trying in a way to protect the fan base, to protect the club because he knows what the press are like? Is he trying to defend us? I believe he is. When um, I can't remember what interview it was when he said um, he addressed the right back situation, and he said, "I've got no problem. I've got my players in. Um, it's all about experimenting. I'll deal with what I've got at right back." Do you know? What I mean, comments he makes like that makes me think he is defending the club. You know, um, it's, it's no secret Poch hates the press. He doesn't yeah. tend to like answering questions, but. On the other hand, as we said, there's, there's clearly a, a mood going around at the moment. The players don't look motivated. And I am questioning there, has Poch been able to motivate these players recently? Because it doesn't look like they've got it in them. Um, I never question whether Poch loves the club or not. I think it's quite obvious he does. But I don't know. I, 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 as you said, it's something behind the scenes. I, I'm limited to what I can really speak on it, to be fair. So... 
do you think, Mel, that he will regain whatever's been lost at the moment in terms of, you know, it's silly to say that we've got a week before, we've got, and got a wonderful point up against Man City, you know, the champions of the, you know, the Premier League, one of the best teams in Europe. We've somehow got a point up there. And in the space of a week, as we know, social media, Twitter, it can be such a volatile place where we're sitting here discussing in such detail yeah. the man's stats where, let's be honest, he's taken the club so far and we all still believe he's the right man for the club. Will he regain what he's lost in some aspects, Mel, in terms of this dressing room, will it, after that window shut, will it be a bit more of an easier place for him to manage as well? Do you reckon that will make a massive difference, that window shutting? 100%. I think he'll regain it. Um, I know a lot of us fans can have a lot of knee-jerk reactions, especially on Twitter. As you said, it's a volatile place. I think, you know, we got to a final last year, the Champions League final, as Rich said, one of the biggest things we've done. Um, and he's got all the players. He's got all of his targets in the, this window. I don't see why he'd give up now, you know? Agreed. So I think he will. He'll be great. Okay, guys, we are going to go for a very quick break. And after the break, we are going to try and attempt to cover the Newcastle game. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be back after this very short break. Hello, guys, and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. I feel like we've done already the show unbelievably after that first half hour, but we have got to cover the Newcastle game or attempt to try and do so. Mel, I want to stick with you because we saw Spurs line up with Hummin Son returning from suspension and we're straight back into the starting eleven, where Lucas Moura deservedly also started for Tottenham. Harry Kane led the line with Jan Vertonghen. Christian Eriksen on the bench, along with Giovanni Lachelso. Now, one man we haven't spoken about really in depth is Jan Vertonghen. And I don't really want to go back into Pochettino and the team selection because we have covered that to some degree. But Mel, do you have any inkling or tell us what do you make of Jan? You know, he's the best centre-back at the football club. He still can't get a game. And when you watch the way we defend, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, either he's really, really poor in training or he isn't fit enough to play a game for Tottenham because... The way we concede that opening goal, Mel, I think if Jan Vertonghen is in that defence, we just don't concede that. Is that fair? Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I don't think Vertonghen, that would have been conceded if Vertonghen was on the line. Um, I think especially because we have such a solid partnership in Toby and Jan, you know, when when at least even one of them goes missing, you know, um, you can see the difference. I'm, I'm not really... I'll be honest, the whole the fitness thing, it doesn't really sit right with me for some reason. It, it doesn't seem plausible to me. I don't, I, I don't know why it doesn't sit well. I, I don't think it's fitness, but I, I don't know what else it could be. I'm, I'm not sure. We're talking about a guy that's got so much experience that brings calmness, leadership to that back four. And they're craving that right now, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Mm. As I said, the, 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 the gap in quality to me, you know... I've seen a lot of fans scapegoat, scapegoat Sanchez a lot. Um, I'm not going to act like, you know, that wasn't his fault. It, it wasn't his fault for that goal we conceded. But at the same time, I would admit the, the gap in quality between Jan and Toby and Sanchez and Foyth is just way too, you know, it, it's it's crazy, the gap in quality. And what I, what I said about depth, take one of them out and you can see the difference. So oh, yeah, I, I just don't think we can afford to be leaving him out. No, I totally agree on that. And Jace, you know, it was so easy for Jonathan, wasn't it? He drifted into acres of space between Rose and Sanchez and he drilled the ball past Lloris. You know, Spurs give up another first half goal against the run of play. But Jace, I want to ask you, as you know, I've been a real advocate in backing Danny Rose to stay in the summer only because I said to you at the time, I was concerned about if you let Rose go, are you going to bring someone in of better or adequate quality? Now, I can't sit and defend Danny Rose yesterday. He wasn't good enough at all. But my main concern, Jace, is on three separate occasions, the ball got in between Sanchez and Rose, and neither of them 
dealt with it at all. And that is really, really worrying when you've got a North London derby coming against players like Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe, who have got speed on them that can really, really hurt defences. Just how concerned are you at the way we're defending, Jace, at the moment? Massively concerned. Massively, you know. I mean, Davinson Sanchez caught in no man's land. Danny Rose can see the person behind Sanchez. He's got to be more aware and, and around on that cover and, and tucked himself in tighter. It was, it's almost a replica of the Aston Villa goal, isn't it? Where Sanchez didn't deal with a ball in the air and Danny Rose stood and watched rather than, than anticipating the thing. And as you say, it happened time and time again. It's uh, that, That's not me blaming Danny Rose only for the goal. Don't get me wrong. It was no pressure on the ball when it was delivered in the first place. Davinson Sanchez not dealing with it. So Danny Rose is part of the problem. He's not totally blaming Danny Rose for the goal. But but you're right, it's, it's happening time and time again. But I was a big advocate of letting him go. And, and you're right, you kept saying that, you know, you, you, you want to promise that someone's going to come in as good a quality. He's been partly culpable for, for two goals. Both the goals against Manchester City came from his side. He's conceded possession, what, 54 times? in three games, and I, I swear to you, mate, a bloke from Rochdale could be playing better than that. So we could have signed any fucking left-back. Could have signed a bloke from Hackney Marshes at the oh moment. Oh, my God. So I, I, I know this phrase, Danny Rose, he gets it, so he must play because he gets it. But at the moment, I don't get what he's getting. That's for sure. Because no, it's, he's, it's not, he's yeah, not it's playing fair. well. But, no, but like I say, I don't, despite all my criticism, I don't want to go too hard on him at the moment because we are not playing well enough right across the side. And, you know, the, the Pochettino selection, who was it that said, be fantastic to have Sonny back? How many fans would not have picked oh, Sonny course, on of Sunday? Of course. How many fans would have said after Lucas Moura came on, We how many fans would have left Lucas Moura on the bench yesterday? So I, I, I swear probably 95% of us would have picked Sonny we would have picked Lucas Moura. Both of them were were awful yesterday. All of us would have picked Harry Kane, wouldn't we? There's not a single Spurs fan out there who wouldn't have picked Harry Kane. He was awful yesterday. So, you know, I'm not blaming Danny Rose for the game because it was 11 or 10 really, really poor performances. I'll, I'll, Hugo made that fantastic save. But if you, if you think about it, even that save in the first half where he tipped it over, if you looked... In, if that bloke had got his head up and looked across the box, there were two Newcastle players completely all alone for a tapping, but he, he decided he didn't have the shot which Hugo turned over. So, you know, defending like that, I mean, that is, it's, it's like watching pub football, mate. And like I said, you could have signed a bloke from Rochdale and they could have replaced any of those back boys. <laughs> Where's Toby taking command of these situations? But you know, totally wouldn't it make a difference, Jan? Uh, Jan, I'm calling you Jan now, Jace. Wouldn't it make a difference, Jace, having Jan on the on the field of play? You talk about a guy, as I said to Mel, you know, he's got so much experience. He yes. does bring a level of calmness, maturity, yes. leadership to that back four. Why is he not on the pitch, Jace? Why is he not playing? Yes, we think he would bring that to the pitch. But as I say, if, if you look at Toby, you say Toby's an experienced player. He brings a level of calmness to the... To but they're not the, the same, just when they're not playing together. We know that. No, they complement each other. We know that for a fact. But, you know, for me, I'd be looking at Toby and saying, look, you're the senior player. You've got a right back with, what, six Premier League games against him. You've got Sanchez, who's clearly not at Jan's level. You've got to dominate. Watch watch the shout in that... Van- I tell you what, watch the shouting that Gary Cale was doing to that Palace side at Man United. How he led that Palace line. And it's, it's up to Toby to be saying to... To Sanchez, get in here tighter, get in that position. Danny, you get in tight with him. 
but Toby's just quite happy to drift along as well. So, you know, it, it's a it's a malaise that's running through the entire side at the moment. Ricks, can I ask you, you know, Sanchez has taken a lot of pelters over the weekend on social media. And what I will say about Davidson Sanchez is that, for me, I've got no doubt that in time he is going to be a top-class defender. However, it does seem apparent that he still requires a lot of development and needs to learn off the likes of Alderweireld, Vertonghen, and also further coaching from Maurizio Pochettino. Is that fair, do you reckon, Ricks, to say that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we, we saw in his first season how adaptable he was to the system and to, to the way we play. And then obviously he got a little knock and there's, there's been bits and pieces. He had a bitty season last year, um, you know, came back, uh, was at the Copa America pre-season. So it's come back in. Poch sees him as, as the next true centre-back. But the one thing that he is missing is someone like Jan. You know, someone, the, the biggest thing about Yan is his reading of the game. Yeah, he, he normally sees things like three steps before they happen. So, so for instance, like uh, Danny Rose covering um, Sanchez in the back line. Well, Yan would probably have seen that coming. Do you know what I mean? Like it would have been the other centre back that would have seen that coming. It, it looked like the, the back line when we conceded that goal against Newcastle was a bit like a W rather than a line. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> so I think so, someone like Yan would would be that guy who shouts and sorts and organises. And that's why every Tottenham fan knows how, why and how important he is. And that's why we're all worried about why he's not playing. We're like, well, what's going on? The, the, the fitness thing, like, like Mel said, I, I, I don't buy the fitness thing. We've seen... We've seen him like run through brick walls with us, you know what I mean, with with four broken toes. Do you know what I mean? I, he hasn't had four broken toes, but you know what I mean. Like he's he's had injuries and he's come on and he's done it. And when we've needed him over the years, over the years, yes, he's getting older, but he's still super young. You know what I mean? And he's come back. He's had the preseason. We haven't heard about no knocks or no setbacks for him. We know he ended the season with a little knock, but. Like, um, maybe we just don't know the full story of him. That's why he was so upset, you know, uh, at the first game against Villa. We saw how, how upset he was in the stands. He obviously feels that he's fit enough to play. And maybe the medical staff uh, and, and those that assessed him, have, like, for protection, have said, you know what, Jan, you, you, you're not ready yet. Um, we've seen in the press conference that, that Poch is back. He, he backs the 11 that's on the field. You know what I mean? He, he he really hates it when the press kind of talk about those that were on the bench or those that didn't start. You know, that is one of the big things that re really kind of ticks him off uh, because of the effort and the trust that he's put in the 11 on the field. And he's trusted those 11 to go out and to go out there and do the job. But obviously, there there, there is something like, it's just the spark. When I looked at the highlights and I looked at the kind of, the slow down replays and stuff and you know, the, the, the boy is not chasing down the ball and, and uh, allowing Newcastle time and to, to, to pass and play through us. It, like I said, it was almost like an arrogance there of like, oh, well, they ain't going to score. You know what I mean? They, they ain't going to do nothing. We'll get it back in a minute and we'll do what we have to do. And, you know, um, and Lucas, Lucas, I mean, I love Lucas. I think Lucas is the, is the magic man. And, um, but like his, his performances like yesterday, that you know ends up makes like that's why he ends up on the bench a couple of times because is he best suited Rick as a super sub? Is is that what his role is? is? He a super sub? Should he not be more than that? This is the argument, isn't it? You give him a you give him a chance to start, and doesn't yeah. he perform? Well, well, this is it. Well, that, well, that's that's where the frustration frustration is not only for us as fans but as 
for, for Poch as well. Yep. And I think Lucas has got to go through the, the, the sun the, the sun kind of training camp. You know, he had that with the first season, first two seasons. He was a bit bitty. He's still getting used to Poch's way. We we're still asking more of him. And, and the moment that he was about to leave, Poch is like, no, listen, trust me. Next season, we expect you to blow. And he blowed, you know what I mean? And he's, he's gone from strength to strength. He's still coming back himself, Sonny. But that, this is what Lucas needs. He almost needs that, okay, how much do you really want it? Because we need you to start assisting now. Like, we need you to start beating the man. And, you know, like he's dynamite. He had three, he had three chances yesterday. Unfortunately, not one of them hit the back of the net or was, I think, I think they all got skied, didn't they? They was all wide and skied and I don't know what. So it's frustrating. Like Jay said, it was a frustrating day. Um, it's not just one person. It was, it, it, and this is why it was shocking for me because it was, a, it's for, a fir- for the first time in a long time, I, it was like, almost like the 11, apart from Hugo. All right, Hugo had that tip. But it was almost like the, the 10 outfield players for the first time in a while, the body language was not there. The zip was not there. The the fight for each other, that type of brotherhood that we, we, we know that we've got there, that family, it, it almost, it don't know why, but it just almost wasn't there for, for, for that game yesterday. Just in terms of where Spurs stand at the moment, in terms of trying to get back into a game, it does seem that our play is just so slow, Mel. You know, we're, we've been behind against Aston Villa, where we did turn the game around at White Hart Harry. says, why are we unable to break through the lines where other teams find it so simple? We had as much trouble breaking them down before they scored as after. Can you put your finger as to why, Mel? No, to be honest. I can't count the amount of times that I've been watching games and I'm just thinking, why is there no movement? Why is no one getting in the box? Why is no one running? You know, and it's just frustrating to watch. I I don't have a reason for it, but all I do know is this isn't the Tottenham I know. The Tottenham I knew was full of high press, high intensity. And as Rick said, maybe it could be an arrogance thing. You know, oh, they're not going to score. I don't know, because I can't really pinpoint what else I could put it down to. It's like nowadays, the only players I'm seeing really press are Son, Lucas and Lamella. So, I don't know. As I said, maybe it comes down to the whole creative outlet because Ericsson's not been playing. We don't have anyone else putting those balls in. I don't know. But again, just just on that, what is in the cure to that? Is that, again, do you think a lot reliant upon that Pochettino will know his squad after the international break? He'll have his settled team. Or is there more to it than that? Do you feel this is becoming more of a a case often where Spurs are just starting games slowly and just not starting quick enough. You see the way Liverpool, Man City, they fly out the blocks and Spurs, we just don't seem to be at that level yet. I mean, let's be honest, we, we haven't played really, really well for quite a considerable amount of time. Would that be fair, do you think, saying that? Yeah, I think that's fair. It's annoying because we can see there are moments of brilliance come from our squad. We know we're capable of it, but it's just we don't wake up until we've conceded. Jace, let me ask you then. Again, loads of questions this week, guys. So I, I can't thank you enough for all the questions. Just to kind of give some people a shout out. Zan Lyons, Spursy side, Paul Chutter. They all ask the same, Jace, you know, and even Kid did at Derek the Great. Why is it that almost on a regular basis we are conceding early goals? You would think Pochettino would change or tweak something on the defensive side to fix this problem, yet it keeps on happening. And again, it's going back, Jace, to the way we're starting games, not quick enough. This is from Spursy side, who says, how can we break teams down that we don't like we have a plan on how to approach this mindset? Jace? Well, I think the key thing is to get your movement right. And unfortunately, those those front three didn't give us that, that movement yesterday. Harry was, was really static. He was in that first half against Villa. 
and let's be honest about it. And if you don't get that movement, it's very hard to drag defenders out of position. But, you know, it used to be, didn't we? We used to get the excuse from people, pace and width. Well, you got Son and Moore on there. So that's got that. And, oh, we need more game changers off the bench. Well, we had game changers on the bench. You know, sometimes if a defence is, is so rigid that there's 10 men behind the ball camped on the edge of their box and they close every space off, sometimes it's not that simple. But perhaps, you know, it would have been nice to see us have a couple of decent digs from outside the box. Perhaps, And and, and you perhaps need a, a player that's going to... Uh, that's going to take somebody on and beat his man. And if you can beat your man, then then the next one has to come to you and then you can you can create your spaces that way. But, you know, one thing you've got to do is get get all your forward players playing well and, and showing a bit of aggression and showing a bit of energy to their game. And if they don't do it, you, you're going to be almost impossible to, to shut it down. But all I would say is, I think there was the question earlier, why do we struggle and nobody else does? Man United struggled against Crystal Palace yesterday. And I know that's that's you know that's not what we want to hear because we're Tottenham and we don't want to care about it. But Man United struggle with Palace. I think Arsenal beat Burnley what two one with a late goal. So Burnley went there to the Emirates, camped behind their ball, and, and you know Arsenal struggled to break them down. And we've seen Chelsea struggle to break sides down. So it's not just us. The only two that don't have a problem with it are Manchester City and Liverpool. And you know what? They're light years ahead of everyone, and that's that's why they are. Okay, Jason, I'm going to stick you and ask you another question just about the midfield now. This is from Matt Gibbons at MDJ Gibbo. He says, however much we rate Winks and Sissoko, do you think that maybe against teams like Newcastle that we could be doing more on the ball? Maybe just shows how important Underbelly will be for us. No Ericsson or Delhi makes us significantly weaker, in his opinion. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, for me... If you're going to have two of the three, it'll be Ndombele and Winks rather than Moussa Sissoko because, you know, Moussa Sissoko's quality on the ball when you're looking for it is, you know, we've always known that's poor. His, his strength is running forward and bursting forward and making those big runs. But in, against a 10-man defence, there's nowhere to run to. So, you know, and the times the ball went out to Moussa Sissoko, we didn't, although in fairness to him, it was his cross for... For Lucas Moore, and you've got to take that chance, haven't you? On a, on a day like we're playing, when that chance falls to Lucas Moore, you expect him to score. But but um, we, we're missing Delhi. But you know the interesting thing is, if you bring Delhi and Ndombele back, you're not having to leave off Mora, or you're having to leave off Son or someone, or you're going to pick him instead of Lamella. In which case, where well, you're getting Eriksson into the team. So you know there's, there's always going to be somebody missing from that side, and, and as soon as somebody's missing from it they'll always be the one that's described as the, the, the one that's missing from it. I'm going to stick you, Jace, for a second before I bring Ricks in. What did you make of the incident, Jace, where Bruce and his staff weren't happy when Jolington went down, but Spurs carried on? Do you feel in a way that incidents like that should not be a case where the referee has to take more of a control over that? And you, know, you just simply play on nowadays, don't you? This whole thing about players going down, Newcastle are one up, they were clearly trying to waste time. The referee, he could have turn around and said, you know, put the ball out. He doesn't. Therefore, for Bruce's staff, and along with him as well, to be annoyed at Maurizio and our coaching staff, can you understand that now in this day and age? That kind of rule seems to have, surely now it's evaporated a bit, hasn't it? Exactly. You just play on. You see it time and time again, don't you? If a team breaks, the, the player goes down, rolls over, and you, you try and kick the ball out, and then as soon as it's kicked out, he jumps back up. I mean, you know, tough. Get on with it. Just, just It wasn't a head injury, was it? Bloke's got a groin strain, or, or or he's you know used his wrist too much the night before, and he's overdone it. Or something. <laughs> so, you know, just just get on with it. Just oh, give yourself 
And if if you're that injured, then then go off. It's it's quite simple, mate. But it's it's just a it's a non-story for me. And and the same way, you know, it'd be the same the other way round. It's, it's we know that our teams that are trying to hold on to a lead will have players that go down and and try and waste time as far from their goal as possible. But Mike Dean didn't fall for it, so he won't play on. Just play to the ref's whistle. Yeah, we then saw Ricks coming over to you, a big penalty appeal for Tottenham. You know, the Chelsea played a neat little ball through to Harry Kane, went to ground, you know, falling across Kane, who then tripped over the Newcastle man's body. No penalty given, even after a VAR review. I mean, Rick, I'm trying not to be incredibly biased here, being a Spurs fan, but I can't quite understand or work out how that is not a penalty. Can you? No, nor can I, nor can I, Rick. Uh, for, for, for me, even on the replay, it looks like, even more so on the replay, it looks like Lascelles, because uh, he didn't get, he couldn't get the ball, he decided to get the man. Like, he dove to get the man, you know what I mean? He was already falling and he was like, all right, I'm cool. Um, he's lucky he didn't grab his ankle or, do you know what I mean, or collide into him or whatever, whatever the case may be. He was very clever with it and he got away with it. Um, but yeah, for, for, for me, I thought it, I thought it was a penalty because he's impeded the striker in the box as a defender. For me, that's a you know that's a that's a penalty. I, I don't think we should have even relied on the damn penalty. Um, you know, with Lucas and Son on on the pitch, I was I was hoping that we were going to play more wide. I was hoping that we were going to play more triangles and and quicker overlaps and stuff like that. But it it, it was like. The, the the whole side was sapped of energy. I don't know what they was on. Like they, I I don't. I've never seen like us stand still as much or like stride as much, you know. And um, I think that was definitely missing in in, in the game. And you know, we, we should have re- relied on ourselves and and not VAR or or uh, the ref to, to to give us anything. The only thing I say on the penalty, Rick, is you know, it's it's not just this penalty. It's the same, you know, almost with with Eric Mellis last week. If that foul yeah. had been anywhere else on the football pitch, we would have got a free kick. Yeah. Absolutely. No, you're right. Anywhere else on that pitch, that would have been a free kick. And if Eric Lamella had did what he did at Manchester City, anywhere else on the pitch, they'd have given the free kick. So is it a foul or isn't it a foul? You know, it's not a different foul in the penalty area to anywhere else, is it? We saw the PGMOL come out after the game to discuss the VAR review against Newcastle. And they come out with a statement and said it was considered not to be a penalty by the on-field referee as this was a subjective decision. VAR deems there was not enough evidence to overturn the original call and so stuck with the on-field decision. So that makes it very clear, Mel, that the decision was made by Mike Dean, that he didn't feel the penalty despite reviewing it. And I'm laughing there, you know, I'm just stunned because as we've all discussed here, it's staggering how it's not a penalty. However, I will back up the point here that on the base of how Tottenham played, we didn't deserve anything from that game. We didn't deserve a penalty, don't get me wrong, but how, Mel... Has it not been given just on the basis of that challenge alone? I've got no idea. I agree with all you guys. You know, he has essentially made a rugby tackle (laughs) on the field. (laughs) He's stopped a goal-scoring opportunity, no contact with the ball. I don't understand how that wasn't given. But from when Mike Dean's on the pitch, I didn't expect it to be given anyway. Um, Don't think we deserve the point anyway. So I'm not going to, you know, complain too much about the VAR decision. I think... We was due our own VR cock up for a while. Yeah. So <laughs> don't think this quick, you know, yeah. Mel, in the space of five, six days. I mean, it is typical Tottenham that we sat there and said, Yeah, it'll get us back one day, but 
days later, <laughs> couldn't write. Yeah, that, that them VAR, my lord, chance doesn't come up. The other bit is, you know, they're saying that Kane moved towards the cells, but you know, part of the skills of football is shielding the ball. That's what you're supposed to do, and you shield the ball, put your body between the defender and the ball, and shield him. And so. I mean, Lascelles gets absolutely nowhere near the ball against all of Harry Kane. Penalty, isn't it? I mean, I don't know how you could do that and not not give a penalty. Yeah. Ricks, if I tell you Spurs have lost all their last four matches in which Mike Dean has been the referee, would that surprise you? No, it wouldn't, mate. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> not, not surprising at all. Um, you know... Uh, I mean, we're, we're 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 told not to kind of get on the ref's back and stuff like that, and but you know, Mike Dean, he he, he definitely likes to be the superstar on on show on the field. Do you know what I mean? Um, um, I think maybe maybe it was a bit of a payback after last season with Poch. Who 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 knows? Who knows, mate? But but I think we we, we I mean maybe we come from a biased opinion, but. I think we've all read the situation right. It, the, the the intention of Lascelles and, and what happened and why it's a penalty. So, um, you know, we can only put it down to maybe personal bias, why it wasn't awarded. Dean has just done a bit of a power trip after Burnley. <laughs> Is that the problem though, Mel? Like you said there about Mike Dean, does he just always want to be the superstar, the man that takes centre stage? Is that what we're getting yeah, to know referees yeah. these days? Yeah, definitely. Also on top of the fact, you know, ever since, was it, when he got accused of celebrating Dembele's goal yeah. a few years back, he's just overcompensating to prove he he's not biased with us. Can he stop so. that, Mel? Because I think he's made it clear now, hasn't he? Uh, I, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But I mean, listen. Let's talk about Arsenal very quickly. I mean, this fixture for me, it's come far, far too early. You know, they're off the back of a defeat as well. So both teams are going into that game not on the greatest amount of form. Ricks, I'm going to start with you because you are the positive, you're upbeat. I mean, I promise Mel tonight we'll try and make it as fun as we can. And we've, we've given it our best. You know, under the circumstances, we've tried to be fair. We always try on the show to see all sides. We try and make it as fair balance as possible. I think we've tried to do that. But Ricks, heading into the Arsenal game, how are you feeling? Um, mate, I'm, you know what? I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's go for it. It's, it's probably the best game um, available to come up for us because it, 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 it you know, it, it demands uh, 100% focus. It demands 100% fire. It demands, you know, um, effort and desire. And it demands everything that we, we, we want from our team, that they want, that Poch wants from, from the team automatically. As soon as you say the name, as soon as you say who we're facing, you know, that straight away puts the back up and it should do. Um, so um, uh, to to go back to what Jason was saying when we were talking about Lamella, look, he might not be the the, the 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 right one for the number ten role, um, but we've got all our guys that are, that are still to come back. You know, to that, this side is still evolving. It'll evolve again in January, I believe. Um, you know, and especially if you if if you uh, follow Ricky's Twitter. Oh my um, god. <laughs> Jason's just Jason's just signed it. off. Jason's no, gone. No, no, I love it. I love it, Rick. Seriously, no, I appreciate it, mate. I'm, I'm glad that you stay up until five o'clock in the morning. Listen, it's, 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 it's the one thing that I need to do. It's, it's the one thing that That's I Jason do. Jason kicked himself in the background. That's fantastic. Know, He's off again. I know. I know. But listen, listen, we're we're, we're going to be ready for this. Poch is going to have a, a rollicking with him. Uh, Harry's not going to be happy as the captain. Uh, not well as the vice captain, but as the Tottenham boy, uh, Hugo's not going to be happy. You know, they, 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 yes, we've got stuff to work on, but 
there are aims and goals that are, that are bigger. And I think that he's going to put the 11 out on the field that, that can de- deal with the job and, and, and do the job justice. Um, so, like, come on, you Spurs. It's not over until the 96th, 7th minute. Um, so, like, we'll keep, keep going. Um, it's it's going to be a firecracker game, as always. It's going to swing back and forth, as always. You know, I, I am a little bit worried with how the... the the defense played on the weekend against the, you know, the the three of uh, Obama, Yang, Lacazette, and Pepe. But you know, that's what the challenge is about. And and if we're on big things this year, which Pochettino, the way the the, the, the messages that were coming out in the club is that that's what we're on. You know, and I think they're going to get back to that, and they have to get back to that. Um, it, it's a big side. We're up against a big side. One of the one of the you know biggest local ri- rivals. So the, it has to, the fire has to be in the belly and they have to be ready. So they will be, mate. They will be. Come on, you Spurs. Don't you worry. We're back on track. Come the weekend. There you go. A, a rousing rally from Ricky Norwood. Do we love him doing a rousing, a rousing rally on this show? <laughs> we do love it. Rick's will be back with us very, very soon. We're going to get his prediction as well, Rick. You're not going anywhere yet. You're not getting out of it just scot-free like that. Um, I'm here. I'm here, <laughs> mate. I'm here. Jace, going to come round to you just to ask you, you know, I hope you've untied the rope, Jace, after that about the transfer window because, you know, Carl Walker-Peters went off in that game and at the moment we're hearing strong links that Sergioria might not be with the club. He's been heavily linked to AC Milan. Um, does that concern you around that right-back spot? I mean, there's also been a lot of you know, a lot of criticism on the weekend over Kyle Walker-Peters' performance against Newcastle. Having him not available, I mean, that just decimates that right-back selection choice even more now. Yeah, it does because you feel that either... Moussa Sissoko's going to have to play there or maybe Eric Dyer will get a recall to be there and neither of those things are ideal. Eric Dyer's had no pre-season. You know, Moussa Sissoko, does he have the real discipline to play there? Does he have the does the, does he have the game intelligence to play there? It's all right filling in at home to West Brom doing the role, but it's another thing in our biggest game of, of any season. You know, the one thing about the, the, the Woolwich game for me is that the last few years we've gone there as... Billy Big Bollocks and all the talk has been about picking a combined 11 and it's full of 11 Spurs players and, oh, we're going to go there and do this, we're going to go there and do that. And it's, you know, they've been very much the underdog in the, the last few years at home and they've, they've let's be fair about it, they've they've run us out the, the pitch twice, haven't they, in those two Premier League games at, at intensity that was way beyond us. And we, I think we lost their 2-0, didn't we, the first year and then 4-2 last year. Forget the Carling Cup game that I'm talking about in the Premier League. So, you know, perhaps this time it will be all the question marks are about Tottenham and, and they'll go into the game as favourites. And hopefully we can we can tag on to that and it will be the perfect game to, to, to put Newcastle to bed. And let's be fair about it, if we go there and do put on a performance or even if we're, we're shit for 90 minutes and somehow nick a winner, then they will be feeling very different come next Monday. Mel, I've got to ask you, how much does coming up against the likes of Lacazette, Pepe or Bamiang concern you right now with the way we are defending? I mean, this is not the ideal time at the moment, is it? I mean, you want to hope and pray. Surely Yambaton gets selected for this. If he doesn't, God, you know, I'd dread to see what's going on, Mel, if he can't get, if he can't get a recall for Rick, this game. Rick, just one thing. Wasn't Yambaton going to give the penalty away last year and then get sent off? He did, Yambaton? but, Jace, if you watch there our... You well, I, I, Jace, you say it, but, Mel, I, I'm tell... Just, yeah. I'm just doing, playing devil's advocate. I know, you know but... Yambaton's you're coming back. <laughs> well, listen, Jace, you're telling me, if on the back of watching those opening games in with Tottenham, if you wouldn't feel more comfortable having Yarn at the back there from what we yeah, see at the moment, I, I, the indecisiveness, God. Can't get I'd much worse, can it? 
no, I hope he's picked. I just mean, you know, it's, it's not a guarantee that if Jan's picked that, that suddenly we get the superstar oh, no, performances. That's all I mean. No, but Mel, would you would you agree for you, you want to see Jan recalled, don't you, for this one? 100%. I want to see our best 11 on paper. We saw the effect it had, you know, not having Toby on the t- uh, in the team the last time we played them. Um, I'll be honest, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm worried going there. I know you can't underestimate Arsenal at the Emirates, um, but... To me, I think if, if there's one chance for us to get out of this, you know, bad streak we've got right now, this is the game to do it. You know, we can't go there with nothing less than a killer mentality. I think there's a nice saying with Tottenham in recent days, you know, it's not over till it's over. Um, I, th- I, th- I think we can get something there. I'm okay. looking forward to it personally. <laughs> Fine. Mel, you're brave enough to give us a prediction? I do have to warn two you, one. Mel, you're coming, two, you're coming back on this show this season, Mel, so you've got to stick by that, yeah? Whatever happens. 2-1 Tottenham. There's no get-out clause like Toby, yeah? You're aware of that on this show. 2-1, <laughs> Mel's gone for Tottenham. Ricks, you're coming back on as well. Are, are you brave on this one, Ricks? Are you going to be brave? Mate, mate, they've got David Luiz at the back. I'm going 3-1 Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, but the way Listen, we're playing, Rick, defensively, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm as worried as them. No, no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Okay. Listen, there was, there, there, there was, with Louise. Yeah, this is it. Listen, there, there you go. They're going right. to score the first one. They're going to score the first one, and then we're going to come storming back. Don't you worry. There you go. Rick's giving us the therapy we need. Jace, if Ali is back, that's a massive bonus, isn't it? Are you, are you brave enough, Jace, to give us any kind of a prediction? Well, I'll give you a prediction is that we'll see that prep. You know, heavy D doing his <laughs> fat boy Daddy Louise <laughs> impersonation for the week. Oh I mean, my god! Truth, does this bloke think he's funny or what? I, I mean, don't it's know. to watch, isn't it? So, <laughs> you know, hopefully the, hopefully, well, don't get me started on heavy D or whatever his name is. So no, I'll, I'll make a prediction Thursday, mate. Probably okay. Australia win the toss. They bat first, make two hundred and fifty, and Joffrey Arch and nicks them off. Right, there so, you go. That's, that's there the you only go. prediction you get from Jason McGovern. Yeah. Well, guys, <laughs> thank you for the hour. Thank you for the therapy. I hope it gives you a little bit of comfort. If it can give you a tiny bit ahead of the game to come. Massive, massive game to come against Arsenal at the weekend. But fear not, we are back on Love Sport this Thursday, giving you a huge preview of the North London Derby. We have a patron show we'll be recording later on this week, so keep an eye out for that. But as always, firstly, Ricks, thank you for coming back on. Thank you for giving us just a, a little bit of medicine. No, oh, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. Always an honour, mate. Uh, anytime you give me the call, I'll be back. Oh, Come see, on, you Spurs. That's the reliable. No, that's, the, that's the reliability of the man. You know, not like these players that get linked away. He's going to be in. He'll be in when we need him. <laughs> He's going to turn up. Mel, we're going to have you back on this season as well. Thank you for coming back on, Mel. I hope you've tried. I hope you've enjoyed it a little bit, Mel. Yeah, you know, it's hard when you're not trying to be negative, but you're trying to be honest. There but... you go. We move. <laughs> we move. Listen, we're honest. That's what we try and be on this show. We have to kind of, you know, say what we see. And I think we've tried to do that tonight. Well, guys, listen, enjoy the show. We are going to be back on Thursday for Love Sport coming your way. Keep the faith. And, guys, if you like the show, please go and leave us a review on iTunes. It would mean so much to the team. You can go to iTunes, leave us a review. We love the love you send us on Twitter. So please keep it up. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.